Welcome to Force Bit Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller. Welcome back to the 3PL Summit. We've enjoyed hosting you here. A uh, lot still to come, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, my guest today on Fuller Speed Ahead is Joe McKinley, the founder of HubTech, an organization that's helping solve some of the issues in our industry around workflow. Joe, welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. How are you? Good, Craig. How are you? Good to see you. Right, good to see you as well. What is HubTech for those that may not be familiar with the organization? So uh, HubTech is a uh, workforce optimization solution. So we kind of attack the helping uh, improve people's workforces three ways. Uh, one is through a coaching and training program that we've delivered for the last 16 years and served, you know, 600 plus companies uh, across North America. The second is um, we have a, a staff augmentation service where we provide uh, staffing, nearshore staffing. We've got an office in Medellin, Colombia, so we use Colombian resources to um, provide, uh, to, to augment your workforce. And then the third, which is the, 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 the most recent, is uh, our digital worker platform we call Tabby. So we're providing digital workers so we can take uh, um, processes and workflows and automate them uh, so Tabby is like, just consider it's a digital worker that we train to do whatever task it is that you want to have automated in your business. So, so using technology to really drive the automation, is there human interaction behind it or is it full automation, full technology? We can do both. It can be like a digital assistant where it works with the human, the human worker. Um, human worker would activate the process and then there would, that would spool up a, a, an automation um, response and then uh, or it could be fully automated to where the the tabby does everything from you know beginning to end so for example we've got tabby doing uh, things like um, spot market rating so as a rate request comes in tabby picks it up calculates the rate crafts the email sends it back takes the tender puts it into the tms Maybe, um, you know, reaches out to carriers if it's a broker situation uh, or maybe, uh, 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 you know, text message drivers. So we can train it to do whatever the human being does. Um, and it can be fully automated or it can be just an assistant to where the human being has to activate the uh, to, to hit the, the start button. It's so either way. So it's all mm -hmm. process automation. I mean, I think about this it's all industry. process automation. Think about this industry and how much human activity is involved in exception management and managing all of the different workflows. You guys are using technology to help augment that. Absolutely, you know. So we, you know, we attack it to where we say, look, you've got an existing work, um, you know, workforce. Let's let's get them, make sure they're trained up properly and they're being as efficient as they possibly can. If you need people. We'll, we'll supply workers, and we do that out of our incubator in, in uh, Medellin, Colombia. Or let's first look to see, can we automate that? Maybe you don't need to have or add staff. We can, we can utilize Tabby to automate those, work, uh, those processes. So it's, it's really kind of a full solution to help make your workforce just perform better. But we're really excited about Tabby. Tabby is, uh, and, and, and a lot of what we're doing here at the 3PL Summit is really highlighting what we can do with Tabby. 
As the business, I mean, there's a lot of manual processes on the freight brokerage side. Uh, one, one of my friends who does a lot of uh, billing talked about about half of their freight in a brokerage business, about half of freight bills have some sort of exception, whether it's a fuel surcharge discrepancy, perhaps it's detention, uh, perhaps it's some other issue, is that this is a pretty common uh, issue. You guys are trying to automate those uh, workflow elements, are you not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, uh, again, with with our technology, we can pretty much automate anything that a human being can do. But what, the, you know, the processes that make the most sense and and through our surveying and through our marketing, we've identified about 45 percent of the processes of a, of a typical transportation company can be easily automated, um, uh, you know, using our technology. So. I mean, everything from just if you if it's a brokerage situation, um, you know, all of those emails that come in, being able to read and, dis- and determine what to do with the email, customer service requests. It can do a lookup in, in a TMS, get the tracking notes, respond, craft an email, respond back to the customer. Uh, automated, like, like I mentioned, pricing and spot market rating. Um, you know, data entry, just uh, building loads uh, in a system, doing the tracking and tracing. Um, we're, we've got another um, service that we call Lily. So Lily works with Tabby and Lily is the voice, interactive voice response. So Tabby can, can, can tap Lily on the shoulder and, and Lily can make a phone call and have an interactive voice conversation with maybe a driver or a uh, um, a receiver, um, uh, or even an automated sales call to set up a, a an appointment. Um, we've also been for the last several years we've been uh, capturing the the forms and the the formats out of all of the emails that are typically generated in this business. And we built up a, 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 a database record of you know well over a million instances of all the different forms and formats, so that um, you know there's probably not a format that we haven't seen already, and that we haven't you know built into the brain of Tabby. So it's a it's a it's a highly effective. Um, you know, I'll give you an example, uh, and we're doing a uh, yesterday we did a. Uh, a freight waves webinar where we highlighted simple logistics and there was a company that um, they were responding to a lot of these uh, TMS uh, bid requests that come out of shipper uh, uh, shipper TMS systems and they were getting about a 1% win rate we automated that we cut the uh, the, the, the time to respond by um, 80% um, we cut the we, we increased the ability to handle more volume and they went from a 1% win rate to a 10% win rate, um, which was phenomenal because that, you know, that's going to drop a couple hundred thousand dollars right to their bottom line um, just by automating that one process. So there's really, a, it's, it's really an amazing technology. It strikes me that not only are you able to do more, respond faster, accelerate the amount of business, but the controls and tracking and automa- uh, the, the data that comes from that is also very valuable in terms of managing compliance with certain type of, of issues. I know when I was in freight brokerage and had a team that worked for me, 
the hardest thing was keeping that discipline on what they would either pay for the carrier or what they would charge the shipper. You can automate a lot of that in the workflow, can you not? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not only that, we can do a lot of like decision support. So because Tabby works in the background, um, so I might I might get a, a quote request, you know, and I'd like to know kind of what the current market is. You know, maybe I'll, I'll call a couple uh, carriers to see, you know, what they're charging right now. And maybe I'll look on the load board and some of these rate engines. But all of that takes time. So I could get a quote request that could activate Tabby, find all that information and present it back to you in, you know, in, in seconds or just a few minutes. And you didn't have to do that, you know, that, that task. So that can really enhance their ability to make the decision on what the, what, what the correct rate is by, you know, giving them that level of automation. So Joe, you've been around this industry for a long time. You, you were one of the companies that was involved in uh, this nearshoring, and you, you guys are active in the nearshoring process. You pick Columbia as a country to do that. Why, why Columbia? I, I have a personal affinity for the country. My ex-wife, and we have a son together who's part Colombian. He's half Colombian, half American. I'm curious, why Columbia? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, you know, so so prior to HubTech, we were TransStrategy partners, and um, so TransStrategy for the last 16 years has been coaching, consulting, training um, logistics companies uh, all across North America. And uh, one of my clients uh, happened to have he was Colombian uh, uh, by birth, and he happened to have his operation in Colombia, and um, he was going through a merger. And both of those companies happened to have their base of operation in Colombia. And I'd never even, I mean, I hadn't even thought about Colombia uh, other than, you know, thinking about coffee. That's about as far as I got to, to Colombia. So, you know, as part of that, helping them through the merger process, I took a trip to Medellin in Cali and was just blown away. I, I just couldn't believe not only just the the beauty and the, 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 the people and the, 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 the safety, you know, cause you think of Columbia, you think of, you know, 1990s Pablo Escobar, but it's not that way anymore. In fact, Medellin is really kind of an, uh, an upscale city. There's a lot of uh, high tech there. It's considered to be the Silicon Valley of South America. And so as I was leaving, I said, do you know how many of my clients would love to have access to what you've put together here in Colombia and have, you know, access to Colombian resources at this cost. And that's how it was birthed. We started talking about what that would look like. And so, um, you know, about a year later, we put it together. Um, I had, I didn't even know we had competition or anything. I know there's another company out down there that's uh, providing nearshore staffing. But at the time that we set this up, I had no idea. Um, but it's the quality of the people. I think that's really what struck me. The fact that they've got a very positive uh, 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 attitude. They're hardworking. Um, they're, uh, you know, I mean, I, I hate to stereotype any kind of, you know, culture, but that's a particular culture that I think uh, uh, fits well in terms of working with the United States and the culture in the United States. Um, you know, and, and, and we had access to college educated bilingual employees. I had a lot of clients that were looking for bilingual employees and they were hard to find. 
when they did find them, they had to pay a little bit more. And, you know, here we could get them, um, you know, paying the Colombian worker a great wage, but we could get them for a, you know, a third of the, 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 the cost of what you'd have to pay in the United States. So one thing led to another and we just, uh, uh put it together. Now we've got a couple hundred people down there in Medellin, Colombia, brokering freight and, and tracking and tracing trucks and dispatching for uh, U.S. based companies. And Joel, I, I will echo that. Um, I like I said I was at once married into a Colombian family. Uh, great people, a strong education system, and you know they have very thick skin, having gone through, you know, decades of war. Um, and you know, I did not. I was reluctant to go. I I met my ex-wife in early 2000s, and it was sort of at the end of a lot of the the major drug wars. And I was very concerned and cautious, but going down there, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people, very safe. And so I, I echo that. Um, the, the opportunity, it, it strikes me to add the automation element with the human uh, outsourcing element is gives you guys a, a pretty nice opportunity to help a lot of these uh, freight and logistics companies solve their, their staffing and efficiency problems. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's really what we saw. We saw that there was a problem. And I mean, before COVID, you know, unemployment was 3.5%. I mean, nearly, you know, no, no, really no unemployment at that level. And, um, you know, so the, 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 what was being presented to my clients as workers and, you know, the quality and the work ethic, they were just really struggling to find good people. Um, number one and number two then is, is that, you know, the majority of this industry are small business, right? I mean, 97% of the fleets are 20 trucks and less. Um, 97% of the freight brokers are 20 employees or less. So it's a very kind of still very small business oriented, fragmented, uh, market. And they're going to have to compete with some of these big entrants, you know, I mean, you, you look at uh, what Uber's done in a very short order to, to take market share um, by applying technology. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the digitization of that whole workflow. And, you know, that 20 person operation doesn't really have an answer and a solution, but now they do, you know, now they do with HubTech. Yeah, it strikes me that the digitization the Uberization, if you will, I think that's a term you think is thrown a lot, is certainly going to compress margins over time. And it's going to make the market that much more competitive, but people are going, freight brokers specifically, are going to be dealing with smaller margins to play with. So exactly. the, the only way to really compete and survive is either move into these very specialized niches where it still requires a lot of human interaction. Perhaps it's event logistics, which right now isn't a big thing. Perhaps it's oil filled or flatbed or specialized where there's a lot of coordination or you're gonna have to find ways to drive cost out of your business. And so adding human resources that are much more efficient and lower cost than we have are in the United States combined with automation seems like that's a, that's a win-win. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, back when you and I were brokering freight, you know, I mean, it was not uncommon to be able to, 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 to have labor stay somewhere in the 35 to 40% of your margin. 
that's that's not that's not that way anymore. I mean, if you can get forty percent, you're doing well. G- generally speaking, brokers now are in the fifty to seventy percent of the margin, so of the gross profit going to labor. So it's hard to really make the kind of money that's going to power your growth in that kind of a model. So yeah, and the only way to really take cost out of a brokerage is take labor out. Um, and that's just the reality of it. So if margins are going to come down, the percentage of labor cost of labor is going to go up. Um, and that's, that's not a winning formula. So we offer a way to get them to win, which is to bring cost out of their workforce. First of all, by optimizing it with training and coaching and, and those tools that we've been doing for 16 years, but then through lower cost staff and then this automation and this automation piece is huge. Um, this simple logistics uh, 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 instance that I mentioned where we did the webinar yesterday, um, you know, they, they immediately got rid of, not got rid of, they were able to repurpose the person, but they were immediately able to, um, um, you know, free up a, a whole full-time equivalent um, and win 10 times more freight. So, I mean, that's a, that's a winner right there. You know, when you can reduce your labor and get more freight, um, I mean, who wouldn't want that? And that's what Tabby really offers. I think you have to do that in, a, in an environment where we're seeing compression. Joe, you've been around this industry for many years. Uh, you were at DAT before it was sold to Roper Industries. Um, the Jubitz family was very active with the truck stops, and you've done a number of things. What is the most exciting technology development that you are seeing to, in today's market? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I think this is what we're talking about is probably the, it's the reason I got involved with it is is the most exciting. The ability to um, not only uh, uh, automate, but also integrate at the user level. So, you know, back at, with DAT, we had this idea we called Eiffel, the integrated freight life cycle. And the idea was to become the the integration platform of the industry. But the problem was, is that it was all back-end integration. So we were having to do APIs and, and connectivity with all of these disparate systems. And these systems were growing. We were getting more and more entrants. And so you know, it just, it, it really was impossible to do it that way. But I always thought that somebody was going to have to bring an integrated platform um, you know, kind of like what Sabre does in travel, you know, they've, they've integrated all of those platforms and, you know, the reservation systems can talk to each other because it all flows through one backend Sabre system. But it wasn't really, it was just way too fragmented in transportation. And so I think with, with, with what we've got, intelligent automation, utilizing uh, robotics, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning, where we can integrate utilizing the user interface and not have to do the back-end API type integration, I think is very, very exciting. Um, you know, I think the, 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 what you guys are doing with Sonar, I mean, you know, we had that idea 20 years ago, but nobody really understood it. Um, but, you know, taking data and being able to do predictive um, not only uh, uh, pricing, but just predictive analytics all across the board 
um, I think is going to be huge. I, I, don't, I don't think we really quite even understand the value of that predict, that predictive, those predictive analytics are. And as we begin to build that into, um, you know, our thinking and our strategies and teaching our people how to use some of that data and those predictive analytics, um, I think it's going to really, again, revolutionize and make us far more efficient. So I think the combination of just big data and robotic process automation, that's, I think, really going to, to be the thing that takes us into the next, uh, um, whatever you want to call it, the next level. Savers, I love that analogy. When I was a kid, uh, I always told my dad that I wanted to run an airline. He told me I was nuts. There's no money in airlines. I, I argue there's no money in trucking these days, but, <laughs> but neither here. We'll leave that here. Um, but Saber was, I mean, if you think about what they had built, they built this clearing system that helps airlines operate efficiently and effectively price, fit, uh, price seats more efficiently. So I certainly think that's coming to our industry. It's, it's much easier for someone like Saber with, you know, serving 20 domestic U.S. airlines and a couple hundred global to be able to do that because they can sort of mandate these technologies Whereas our industry requires a ton more coordination, and I think you guys are building that glue to sort of integrate these very disparate systems. That's exactly right, and that's the way I see it. I think that's really the the, the vision of the future um, is through some intelligent automation that we can be the platform or the glue or the the company behind the company. You know, um, I mean, most people don't know when they're on Travelocity or you know, Hertz reservation system that they're operating through the Saber uh, network. Um, you know, I think that, I think we can be that invisible um, connector um, utilizing intelligent automation. Yeah. And that's what we intend to do. I, I look at, I mean, I think the travel agencies, even going back to the Saber analogy, I think it's a fantastic analogy because what Saber did by developing Travelocity ultimately completely capitulated it was a i mean it was a bold move on their part because they their customers were travel agents that were the folks that were interacting with their systems and effectively they created a technology that completely displaced them and i think freight is going to certainly is going in that direction it may take longer because it's a much more fragmented market but the world of having tens of thousands of freight brokers is probably a thing of the past we're going to see a bifurcation between the highly efficient, high volume, sort of standardized, commoditized freight and the more specialized niche uh, folks that are dealing with these really uh, requires a lot of human coordination. I think that's where the market ends up. I don't know how, how you think of that. And I, I see it a little bit different. I see it more going the way of, you know, what Charles Schwab did to um, the financial brokerage industry. I think the brokers are still there, right? Um, I think what is going to be driven down are the margins. You know, I, I, it, it won't be long before somebody comes out with the flat fee, right? You know, kind of that, that per, you know, $79 per trade, you know, kind of pricing schematic that basically says, you know, it's whatever the cost of the underlying element is plus $79 and you, you know, it's all traded kind of online, but 
the brokerage house will still be there. It's just that their function will change. And those that can make that change, you know, because those bro, those those bro, you know, you don't really have that stockbroker anymore. What do you have? You got a financial planner, right? And you got the rise of the Edward Jones, and you know, uh, you know those those kinds of, of of houses that are more, I guess, uh, consultant and sophisticated in 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 the client relationship. I think brokers are going to do the same thing with shippers and carriers. I think they're going to come with systems and programs and planning tools and everything. They'll get them to, to run on their system, but the actual transaction, the freight will just be this automated process, but I'm still going to have a relationship with you and you can only get access to my system. If we have that relationship, I think it's going to go more the stockbroker as opposed to the travel agent. Yeah, that's a great. Um, I think it's a great point. I'm, I mean, the inspiration behind Freightways was, I think we've said this a number of times, is the Bloomberg of freight, which is very similar to how financial markets have gone and uh, really evolved into electronic clearinghouses. The trading, the floors are effectively there as as museums almost in some ways. Um, everything's electronic, I certainly think we'll be there. And, and the data becomes, as you mentioned, the data becomes a, a very important asset in those types of environments because ha- in order to have automation, you have to have data. So it's an interesting and exciting time. I'm certainly excited about where things are headed. Joel, appreciate you. Uh, you know, I, as I've gotten to know you in the last half hour, I, I, we have a lot in common more than I would have ever imagined. Uh, <laughs> you're the only person I've ever met in freight that actually was in the phone card business at one point, uh, selling to trucks. That's right. So uh, That's we, right. We, we certainly have a lot to catch up on at some point. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, and best of luck uh, here at the 3PL Summit, but also through the rest of the year. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.